0: please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give.
1: I don't know what they're doing at other churches today, but we're having a lot of fun, buddy. At 9 o'clock was rocking, At 10.30 is rocking. So, uh, man, 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 man. Hmm. So, hey, we're, uh, we've been in this series called Hearing God's Voice. I've got one more for you after today. Next week, the 31st, I'll finish. Uh, you're going to need a piece of paper and a pen or pencil next week for sure. I'm going to give you 10, the 10 ways God speaks. Okay, and I'm going to give you scripture on every one of them. Uh, you say, well, there's only 10, is there 11? I said, well, he's God. If he wants the 11th way to speak to you, he can do that. But we're going to talk about 10, okay? Uh, but he is God. So hearing God's voice. So today, someone asked, what's the key to hearing God's voice? And I gave this answer, and I didn't just like, I mean, I really meant the answer, but it's what I titled the message today out of that answer, They said, what's the key to hearing God's voice? It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. In Genesis, at the very beginning, Adam and Eve are walking and talking with God. Walking and talking. If you go all the way to the end of the Bible in Revelation... You'll find John on the island of Patmos walking and talking with God. My friends, you need no other proof that your God likes to talk to you than Genesis through Revelation. He is walking and talking to his kids. That's what he loves to do. That's what he does. That's why he does what he does. It's all about that relationship. You know, we start, people give their lives to Christ. They begin with, and they, they are told and it's correct. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. You, you're now born again. You're now saved. You're now a believer. You, you follow the Lord in baptism. Now you have a personal relationship with God. How many of us, Have a personal relationship with someone we never talk to. I don't. I have a personal relationship with Paxton. Every Wednesday morning, we have conversation over bacon. (laughs) At Youngbloods. Amen? You can talk over bacon. If you can't talk over bacon, later talk over ribeye. Works. Telling you. Paxton and I... We have a personal relationship with each other. I know him. He knows me. I know his heart. He knows my heart. It's a big deal for a worship leader and a pastor. All right? Many, many times we're thinking the same thing through the Spirit, by the Spirit. But we get that because we spend time together talking. You and God, personal relationship with God. It's funny, though, because sometimes it's like this bait-and-switch thing. People, people have a personal relationship with the Lord. They get saved. And we tell them, hey, you got a personal relationship with God. But but, but God doesn't talk anymore. What I mean is he, 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 he talked here, but he don't talk anymore. I, I, I'm sorry. I try to really respect that view and love those people when they tell me that. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Just crazy. I mean, I don't even have a clue where you got your Bible, but I would love to spend a little bit of time with it because it doesn't say what mine says. He starts off in Genesis all the way to Revelation, walking and talking. (laughs) I'm so I don't know where you get it. Yeah, he did speak and he does speak through his word, but I'm going to tell you right now, the Father is speaking all the time. The question is not whether he's speaking. The question is whether we're listening. He's speaking through his word. I'm not trying to underscore the word. You know I love the word. He speaks through the word, but he's speaking too. He's crazy about his kids. And if he's crazy about his kids, I'm crazy about my kids, and I speak to my kids, and I know he wants to speak to me as his kid. He just does. Yet yeah, this is an instructional manual. No doubt. How many of you have ever tried to put together a swing set or a bicycle with an instructional manual? I tried, it ain't always pretty. It's really bad when you get this awesome swing set built for your kids, and you're like, daddy got the swing set built, and you look over and go, uh-oh, <laughs> I wonder what all that does for you. <laughs> Go ahead, kids, go play. <laughs> Go ahead, hope it don't fall. I mean, what in the world? You know what would be cool? Is if the cat who made that swing set and wrote that instructional manual drink a sweet tea with me while I made it. That's what he did. Jesus said, I'll never leave you as orphans. I got lots to say to you. Look at John. Go to John real quick. I want you to see this. John 16, look at 12 and 13. John 16, 12 and 13. This is Jesus. If you're into the red stuff, this is red stuff, okay? <laughs> Some people are like, I don't, I don't believe anything unless it's red and red. Well, welcome to believing. This is red, all right? So 16, 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. You're not an orphan. He loves you. He's with you. He sent sent the Holy Spirit to to be with you 24-7. He didn't just leave you this instructional manual and said, look, good luck. He said, here's an instructional manual. And guess what? I wrote it. And guess what? I, through the Holy spirit will guide you into all truth. And I'm not leaving you. Amen. Sweet. I can do this thing called life. Too many people though, they forgot the most important part. He sent the Holy spirit to walk with them daily. Why the world are we leaving that at home? Why are we locking that up? Let that thing guide you, man. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in all truth. It's just all about relationship. So I'm going to give you three points real quickly. Three points all about relationship. Number one, it's our highest priority. It's our highest priority. It's got to be our highest priority. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God, of the Lord God, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice <laughs> uh, in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Can I just tell you something? That's the saddest words ever. That's the saddest words God ever heard up to that point. He makes man and makes woman. He's walking and talking with him in the cool of the night they mess around with the wrong tree and then they go hide and God says, I love you so much, I'm going to go find you so I can talk to you. And Adam says, I heard your voice, but I hid. How many of us hide in the day? You see, when man sinned, that began... To fear God's voice. When man sinned, that was the beginning of fearing God's voice. Because sin equaled fear. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sin has separated you from your God. Romans 3, 23 says... For all have sinned. Mm-hmm. John three sixteen. we know very well. God so loved the world, so loved the world, that he gave his only son that whosoever, believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't stop. Verse 17 says, God didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. See, man sinned, and we began to fear his voice. So we hid. So Jesus came to restore that relationship, to redeem us back to the Father. He bridged the gap between our sin and a God that couldn't look at it. And that's why Jesus is so awesome, because He bridged that for us. And I'm gonna tell you something these people say, well, sin's no big deal. Sin's no big deal. Sin's a huge deal. Because as soon as sin entered the picture, what disappeared? The voice of God. You tell me you want to live out there without the voice of God? No way. It'll eat you up, man. The voice of God is huge. That's why I'm in right relationship constantly with the Father, so you don't miss His voice. We're not perfect, but we're under the blood. We have grace, but you will Repent you will confess, you will make right with God and others so that your voice, the voice of the Father is not restricted from you. That's why that's important. That's why it's important. You see, I cannot develop a personal relationship for you. I can't. I can lead you to Christ. Others can lead you to Christ, but they can't develop that relationship for you. That's you. That's you. I cannot make your appointment because I have my appointment. And you hear that. I can't make your appointment because I have my appointment. I gave the example when I first started this series about a little thing that my mom and I had. See, I grew up at the ballpark. I mean, grew up at the ballpark. I was there all the time, okay? One of the things was if we had an early game, I'd always ask my mom, mom, can I stay and watch the second game? You know, as a mom, when your kid says, I want to stay and watch the second game, that they're not going to watch that game. You're just not going in. You don't have to go. Are you really going to watch the game? Don't even ask that question. You already know they're not going to watch that game, okay? They're going to hang out with their friends. So we play cup ball. Remember, collect the cups, water them up, use your hand. You know, don't worry about germ. People drink from that cup and you water it up. Did you use hand sanitizer? They didn't have it, Okay. You're good, man. You're good. I mean, that's, that was our hand sanitizer. Amen. Can I get amen? That means you spit on your hand. We good? Just shake your hand. I'm missing your hand. Might have germs. All right. So we, that's what we did. So my mom, the rule was, my mom pulled up at the ballpark later, because she'd go home and make dinner. My mom pulled up at the ballpark. She said, I'm going to say your name one time. You better come. Yes, ma'am. So she pulled up. Jeff! A thousand voices playing a game. I'm like, ooh, gotta go. They're like, dude, what is, where did, where you going? We're playing. We got one more out. We're we got last bat. I'm like, dude, I'm about to get a bat. If if I don't <laughs> if I don't get, I'm gonna get a bat. Okay, my mom's here. What do you mean your mom's here? She said my name. I didn't hear your name. How stupid is that? How many of you sit in class? They go, uh, "Your name Jeff. Steve here. Your name not Steve." Oh, sorry. We only answer our name. We only hear our name. How many of you hear other names? Y'all, they got classes for that. There's there's counseling for that now, okay? You just need to go ahead and confess that down front this morning and just say, I hear other names, okay? We'll help you with that kind of stuff. God set you free. All right, so you know what I'm saying? We don't hear other people's names. You hear your name. The Father says, Jeff. I know that's my father. Why? I spend time with my father. Why did I know that was my mom, said Jeff? Because my mom had nine months head start talking to me. I knew my mom's voice before I knew any other voices. So when my mom says Jeff over a thousand voices, I know it's my mom. It's all about relationship. See, the father says your name too all the time. does he get drowned in the other thousand of voices that say your name the most precious thing is not what those thousand people can say when they call your name it's what the father says when he calls your name some of us are answering a whole bunch of people saying our names and we should be answering one person saying our name it's all about relationship number two Not only is it our highest priority, it is our highest pursuit. The highest pursuit. In the garden that day, there were two trees. You have the tree of life. You have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Should have been called the tree of death. Better name. See, you and I, we were never designed to choose between good and evil. Now, I want you to stay with me as I walk you through this. That day in the garden, there was a tree of life, really the tree of death, but a tree of good and evil. The father said, Don't worry about that tree, that's your tree. The enemy went to what tree? The good and evil tree. You and I were never designed to ask the question, is something good or bad? The question is, is it good or is it God? You see, something can be good and it not be God and the good can be bad. Does that make sense to you? I hear people say, well, God gave us a conscience and our conscience will help us and tell us what is good and evil. Uh, No, that's not why you have a conscience is to tell you good or evil. Your conscience was given to you by God and is supposed to bring you to God. So, what tells us what is good and evil? (laughs) What did at the beginning? His voice. Don't miss that. See, we read Genesis and we miss that sometimes. Tree of life, tree of good and evil. Don't worry about this tree, that's a tree. Don't eat from that tree. His voice, enemy comes in and says, "He he's a loving God. What do you mean? He don't want you to. Even, he just don't want you to be like him." Still doing it today. Still doing it today. The book of Hebrews tells us that our conscience, if our conscience isn't cleansed by the blood that we'll serve Jesus out of dead works and guilt. Oh, I got to do this so my good stack can get bigger because right now my bad stack is, is, much, is big. We need to make sure the bad stack stays little and the good stack stays big. You, you serve that way, here's what that'll get you. Well since my stack over here of good so good, I am justified to do what I want, when I want, how I want, as long as I want, and nobody tells me what to do. Oh really? Really? That's what we're doing now? We're bargaining with God. We got our chips. God got his chips. You got more chips than God, you can be God. Watch out. Watch out. We make this statement. I could never do anything that would violate my conscience. Hmm. I had someone ask me that one time. I said, well, that's really cool. But what if God asked you to? They said, well, God never would ask me to do that. Really? Really? So you're telling me the God of all creation is held by your conscience. (laughs) We sure Americans think much of ourselves, don't we? I mean, think about that statement. That's what we're saying. But what if God asks you? She said to me, well, you show me in the Bible where God ever asked someone to violate their conscience. You ask. I said, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on an altar. That violates my conscience and I bet it violated his. Amen? So we were never, never designed to live with a good conscience. We were designed to live by faith and faith by hearing and hearing by the word of god romans 10:17 see if god started this big deal by talking to his kids why in the world do we trust ourselves so much today every time you have to make a decision between good and evil you asking you are you asking god what if you ain't spent time with god in 4 months and you're living in the flesh as a born-again child of the king, you're not eating at the table of the Lord. You're not full. You're empty. You're starving to death. You're going to ask that starving human whether his conscience condemns him from doing that action. No. When you're faced with that, you go over here to the tree of life, and the, as a father, Lord, is that good or evil? Is that right for me? Is that good for me? Even if it's good, is it God? Because even if it's good, I don't want it if it's not you. Are you running to his voice or your voice? That's what it is. We miss that. That's why that tree is important. That's why it's called the tree of life. should have been called the tree of death. Because any time we don't hear God and we hear ourselves and we do what we want to do and not what he wants to do, do you live better? I don't. I live worse. We trust our voice when we're supposed to be trusting his voice. We were designed to hear his voice. Why do we want to raise children or people and say, what's your conscience say? (laughs) what does your conscience say my conscience says i better sit and talk to the father because the father's voice is what i need to let call that don't make decisions based on you make decisions based on the father you were created and designed to hear his voice he started talking to you in Genesis, and he didn't stop talking to you till Revelation. He's still talking today, and the question is not whether he's talking. The question is whether you're listening. And too many people out there, born-again children of the king, are listening to themselves more than they're listening to the Father. And then when they do something they want to do and it doesn't work out right, they go, that's a bad God. Uh, yeah, it could be if you would have talked to him. You never talked to him. Don't blame him if you didn't ask him. I'm not saying that making good choices between good and evil are not a good thing. You got to make good choices. We tell our kids all the time, before they walked out of the door, make good choices. But who's going to help you make good choices? The voice of the Father. The voice of the Father. You see, two trees. What tree you run into? You run into the tree of life? You run into the tree of good and evil, knowledge, yourself. Trust God more than you trust yourself. You run to this tree, hear his voice, you don't have to worry about good and evil. The Father will always take care of his kids. Ask the right source, you get the right answer. Ask the wrong source, you're probably gonna get a wrong answer. I don't know how simple to say that. We complicate it. It's not that hard, all right? Number three, it's our highest passion. It is our highest passion. I want you to go to the book of Luke. I know I'm taking Genesis all the way back to Luke, but enjoy the Word. It's a great thing. All right, go to Luke 10, all right? Luke 10, familiar story. Luke 10, look at verse 38. Now it happened as they went he entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into his, to her house. And she said to her sister Mary, who is also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted by much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not even care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, and it will not be taken from her. It's her highest passion. One thing, one thing, one thing is needed, that we sit at the feet of Jesus and we hear his voice. Church, you got to get that. Distracted by many things. Doing many things. You can do good and it not be God. One thing is needed, church. One thing is needed, church. Sit at the feet of Jesus. And hear his voice. I'm going to say this. And I mean this in absolute total love for you. We have, a much, we have as much of his voice as the time we put in. I know that's just really a hard statement. But I'm telling you Jesus is saying the same thing. You have as much of his voice as the time you put into it. I said before many times, it's not a question of whether he's speaking. It's a question of whether his kids are listening. He's speaking. I cannot hear God for you. I can't. Man, I love you. Man, I can't hear God for you. I can't even hear, why, hear, hear God for my wife. I can hear God with you. That's called confirmation. That's called good counsel. We talked about that, right? I can hear God with you. I can't hear God for you. This is what they keep trying to get pastors to do for many years. I need to go ask my pastor what God's will is for my life. No, you need to go ask God what his will is for your life and ask your pastor uh, to go to lunch, and you buy his lunch, and he'll confirm the word. (laughs) I'll buy. But but (laughs) what I'm saying is, don't be asking people. They're trying to figure theirs out too. Ask the Father. Ask the Father. God said, let all the people in Exodus. He said, he told the people. told Moses, tell the people. Tell the people to come up the mountain. I got something I want to tell them. Moses says, go up the mountain. God got something to tell us. Starts thundering. People are like, go ahead, Moses. <laughs> you go. What's wrong with y'all? God invited us to come up there and listen to him. mm Don't let God talk to me. I die. You talk to me, Moses. See, that's... <laughs> my job is not to tell you what God said. Your job is to hear what God said. I'll confirm it. I love preaching. And I know you can hear God through my messages. But my job is to push you to Jesus so Jesus can speak to you. So one day when I breathe my last breath and I'm dancing in heaven because I can't dance here. So I know I'm going to dance in heaven, (laughs) okay? (sighs) Because I can't can't dance. So when I'm gone, your relationship with Jesus keeps going. Why? Why? Because you're not dependent on me to feed you, Jesus is gonna feed you. The people, it says in the scripture, stood far off. It says that Moses approached the dark thunder. Later we read that Moses met with God face to face as a friend meets with a friend. Who won? Moses, what about you today? Where are you at? You standing afar off? Let somebody else tell me what God said. Mm -mm. God says, come here, I want to tell you something. I don't know, God. Come. I got lots to say to you, he said. I got many things to tell you. Many things. You see, Pastor Jeff... He can't show up for your appointment in the morning. You know why? Because I got to show up for my appointment. I love you, but I can't go to your appointment. Think about all the appointments I would have. It wouldn't be morning anymore after I made all the appointments. (laughs) I can't go to your appointment. You go to your appointment. You say, well, I got stuff in my life but then go to that appointment for sure. Because in his presence, the blood will cleanse you, restore the relationship, refresh you, renew you. And then to open up pipeline, he'll start speaking into you. You say, well, I'm afraid to go into that presence because of sin. Jesus took care of that. (laughs) Jesus took care of that. He ain't there to beat you up. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Restore. That's what he said in his word. Same thing. Go into his presence and get ready to hear him. I can't make your appointment. I would if I could. But If I make yours, I don't make mine. If I don't make mine, we're in trouble. Go to your appointment. Don't stand afar. Go to him. Because he says, I got much to say to you. I got much to say to you. Much to say. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. <clears throat> If you're part of the ministry team this morning down front, if you would make your way down, please. We end the service each week the same way. Worship team will come up. Ministry team will stay down front. A lot of people say, well, this is the end, right? This is how we end the service. (laughs) Got to love them. Uh, we're not ending to me he's just beginning because he's been speaking for about an hour now hour and five if you want to hold him to the clock in an hour and five he said a lot he said well how do you know he said anything in his presence he always says in his presence he always says So he's been talking, and his kids have been listening. You know what his kids got to do after the father speaks and the kids hear? It's real important. It's the way you say, I love you to him by what? Being obedient. See, he can't hear you go, I love you. He's like, Can you move? Been saying that for 62 years, dude. I need movement. I need you now to ask the Father what he said through the Holy Spirit, through the message. And then I need you to do that, whatever it is. So I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna worship. And the Father says, I've been speaking. You've been listening. So now go do. And I'll know you love me. I'll know you're my disciple if you do what I say. Father, we love you. We're grateful and thankful to be in your presence. But because we're in your presence and because you have us where you have us, you speak. It's what you do. And we've heard you. And we need to do what you said. Because on the other side of obedience is always blessing. And that's all you have for us from day one. From the very beginning, he said, blessed, blessed, blessed. Why would we not want to be blessed? So God, move us now. For your glory, because we just like to be blessed. So we will be obedient in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.